Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Dusk Dawn, the limited podcast. Ooh, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I don't have to talk about Streets of New Capetta this week. I'm feeling pretty good because uh, <laughs> I went zero and three at my LGS and then got a parking ticket. <laughs> it's on theme because Streets of New Capetta and your car was on the street and got a parking ticket. So yeah, care. fucking run out of town. Hell <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. It, it was brutal. I did get to play cube with some of my friends, but that that was the point, because I had renewed my parking once, and then I went to a cafe to go cube with some of the people at my LGS. We had a really fun time, and when I got back, it was like 11 at night, and there was still a fucking parking ticket. Um, yeah, that's what we like to call negative EV in the biz, folks. <laughs> That, that, I stole that from Drafter, by the day. way. Yeah, I, I stole that joke. He made that joke like yesterday when I told him that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Anyways, this is the Baldur's Gate episode, the Commander Legends battle for Baldur's Gate. You ever heard of Tweedle Beetles? Uh, are they in Baldur's Gate? Uh, when Tweedles Beetles battle on a Baldur and a Gate, <laughs> they call it a Tweedle Beetle Baldur's Gate battle. Damn. Are there any beetles in this set, Karif? I highly I doubt it. Play. I don't know. There's, like, gnomes, so there might be beetles. I'm, I'm not checking that. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> so today is the overview for Baldur's Gate. Uh, I'm really excited, once again, because I don't have to talk about Streets of New Capetta. But if you are like us and feel okay to go out into your local LGS and play some Battle for Baldur's Gate with a bunch of people, you might be wondering about the strategies that you might employ in order to try and win. Because multiplayer formats have historically been a lot tougher to draft and to play in and to win than traditional uh, competitive 1v1 draft. And if your LGS is going to be doing this for a while, because Streets of Dukapena has kind of underwhelmed, uh, th this is probably going to be an important episode to like think about and to talk about. We might end up talking about it for a few weeks, but we're going to do an overview this week. Uh, I, I, I'm excited for this set. Uh, Commander Legends 1 was a pretty reasonable time, and this set doesn't look too much different, and I think that's probably a good thing. Um, it should be some more good old-fashioned Commander fun. Everyone knows Commander is the one true match to the Gathering format. So when you combine it with a subpar format like Draft, you get something truly beautiful. Commander, Magic the Gathering's only format. That's true. <laughs> the last time I played Commander Legends, I it was about a month and a half ago, I think. Probably more than sure. that, but whatever. Anyway, it was pr fairly recent, right? And I drafted this blue-white equipment deck. Uh, it was artifacts and equipment. It was that like white one which lets you equip them... Uh, without paying the cost, and then the the blue person, which like taps all your artifacts to do something, can't remember exactly. But I, I had I had a pretty fun time drafting the format, playing the games. It is a little <laughs> weird. Uh, you're still playing a multiplayer game with, or with commons. One of the things that Conspiracy did to kind of alleviate the commons problem was to not only power them up, but to give you incentives to play a lot of the same ones so that you could augment the shitty commons and make them actually playable. Uh, like, Commander Legends doesn't necessarily have that, but there's still a lot of fun things you can do. It's just that 
Yeah, the other thing is that these games tend to take a while. Oh my god, I'm starting on this super negative. I haven't even played the set yet. I, I, I shouldn't be this negative about the set, I don't think, at the start of the format. I mean, that's your job, Karif. Um, if, you know, somebody's got to be the negative voice in the room, and it's going to be you. Speaking as somebody who really, 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 really likes Conspiracy and Conspiracy 2, Conspiracy 1 more than 2, but they're still all both, like, master sets. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed in Commander Legends, but the bar was set incredibly high by Conspiracy, so... I mean, I do think when we get to Conspiracy, Commander, Legends, it's going to be epic. Because we're, we're headed there, right, Karif? we got to be. We, we're oh, we're going God. down the collision path, right? Like, the train, the, the line they're destined to meet. That actually sounds sick as hell. Yeah. But, uh, Wizards and, I don't know. Who could we get to try to do that? Gavin has to come on the podcast so we could pitch him <laughs> Commander Legends. Conspiracy can we crossover. We, we can just lie and say we got Gavin on the podcast and then more people will listen care of Big Brain Strats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Did I tell I haven't told everybody on the podcast about the time that I went to Hascon and Gavin and I like looked at each other and I gave him a little nod and then he had <laughs> gave me a little head nod. It was like a it was like a cool moment. And then he remembered <laughs> that later when I went to go play the like play against magic content creators slash like employees or whatever like event that they had. Uh yeah. That, th those were the days. Yeah. Truly. I uh me me and Gareth have realized since me me and Gareth did not know each other when Hascon occurred, but have since realized that we were both at Hascon and just probably walked by each other at some point, but had no clue. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you, you were doing the iconic masters pre-release because there was nothing else was. to do. There, there. Was, there was nothing else to do. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not a big Transformers fan, so yeah. Nope, me either. Yeah, it was iconic masters pre-releases or uh, basically nothing else. I, I do wish I stood in the line for the stupid uh, uh, cards for Hadscon because those are worth big money these days. Yeah, mine got stolen. Uh, oh, did that? Yeah. You get a lot of shit stolen, Karen. Uh, you got wow. your Goblin Secret Lair, your... Uh... Yeah, my money from parking <laughs> tickets gets stolen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the government famous robber, it's true. Alright, Baldur's Gate. It is time to talk about the thing that's on everybody's mind which is the new set that comes out in a week. So uh, Baldur's Gate as a whole is based on the lore of Dungeons & Dragons, which I have no experience with. Like, none. Like, maybe a I've session. Played, like, I've, I've like played two one-day campaigns, so I'm practically a pro Karif. Awesome. It, I, I like the, the magic sets that have been, like, about D&D have managed to capture the storytelling. I don't know if they've 100% captured the gameplay specifically, but in, like, the magic, but it's an okay adaptation. Yeah, I mean, more than anything, the D&D players get their funny creatures in card form, and we get, uh... Old Nobun. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Man, I mean, uh, now I'm going to be the negative one. AFR was such a middling set that only sold because it was D&D themed. Uh, I mean, Drafter famously not only had to play a lot of it because he kept winning, but played a lot of limited during that time. 
So what happened was I realized that the format was farmable because in AFR, Red Black was better than every deck, no matter how many people were drafting it in the pod. The thing about that is my value radar on my head started going off because I realized I could farm the format for ages. However, I was playing the same deck over and over again ad nauseum and like, like it wasn't the most fun magic I've ever done, but the value radar was so strong in my head that I couldn't stop playing it. You know, the the value (laughs) radar is a sickness, I'm just telling you guys. Yeah, the the value radar, also known as gambling addiction, question mark? No, no, no. No, no, it's a value radar, tariff. That's what my therapist told me. All right. <laughs> so let's, I guess since we're transitioning into Baldur's Gate from AFR, let's talk a couple of, about the some of the returning mechanics uh, of the set, and we'll go in the order of, I guess, what's actually actually returning from AFR to what's not. But there was only really, like, one mechanic returning from AFR, and it's dice rolling. Yeah, everyone likes a good D20, am I right? Yeah, so one of the things that I've noticed about these cards is that the while they're still pretty much worth a card when you roll a critical miss, or a 1 through a 9... Uh, most of the cards that have die rolling do have high rolly 20 and and even some of the 10 to 19 modes right it just seems a little bit higher powered on that top end where you can go pretty huge uh, with some of the die rolling cards if you get good die rolls for example I was thinking of that green overrun in the set I don't know what it's called specifically I'm giving it a scroll with the die rolling card you're telling me. Yeah, it's a die rolling card and... Okay, it's called Overwhelming Encounter, right? It's three <clears throat> green green for a sorcery and it says, Creatures you control gain vigilance and trample until end of turn. And you roll d d20. So the bottom level is one to nine. Creatures you control get plus two, plus two until end of turn, right? That's an overrun. That card's... It hasn't, hasn't been playable for a second, but it's it's still probably pretty good, especially in multiplayer sets. I uh, think multiplayer ni- does scale it realistically, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, 10 to 19, you put two plus one plus one counters on each creature you control, which is pretty big value, honestly, already. And then the 20 mm. is put four plus one plus one counters on each creature you control. And that's that's nuts. That's like Crater Hoof, almost. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, the... the- the the, the 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 critical hits and that rolling a nat twenty is pretty insane. They they, they successfully captured the epicness of rolling a nat twenty from D and D. Like yeah, it is, it is pretty epic. And I think this is a little bit different from AFR, where the floor and the ceiling for most of these cards were not completely flat, but fairly flat. Right? Maybe you get like a third treasure token or a third goblin token or something. But with the Commander Legends set. You might have some epic 20 rolls that completely destroy your opponents from time That's to time. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, die rolling good old Nothic. You, know, you die and then you draw seven guards and lose seven life and then you die because you're at less than seven life. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there we go, right? Do you ever, Does everybody start at 20 in this format, by the way? That's oh, no, it's a 40 life format, almost certainly. Oh, oh. Okay. I mean, Commander Legends was, right? Was Commander Legends? 
Well, let's <laughs> Arif and Drafter are well prepared for episodes and not Googling whether you start at 20 or 40 life and giving <laughs> your legends draft right now. Uh, the other card, I guess, that is pretty cool that's a die rolling card that can show you the high to low end of these sorts of cards is Wand of Wonder, which is a rare. But it's three and a red for an artifact, and then you pay four and tap it to roll a d20. Each opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile an instant or sorcery card, shuffles the rest into their library. You can cast up to X instant and or sorcery spells from among cards exiled this way without paying their mana cost. Wait. Wait, what? Yeah. What? Wait a minute. How did... Wait a minute. I Because I was sure, oh, like... Oh, wait. Oh, no, no. I think... It, does, it, does it stack them under it? Let me let me see if I can pull this up in Scryfall to see a ruling on how this actually works because like how obviously the way you, yeah the, the way that more I than one spell? think it would work right is that oh so you mill oh, it's each you opponent Gareth it's each opponent so oh <laughs> yeah that's what the trick is that's what we're missing. If it wasn't obvious, me and Gareth aren't wired for games that involve more than two players. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like Battle Bond enough, and Conspiracy and Conspiracy 2 are my favorite like formats, but those don't actually care about like each opponent as much as, as you'd probably think. Yeah, so obviously casting one spell is like, eh, fine, you paid eight mana to free roll a spell from an opponent's deck. But y you get X's three... Boy, howdy! You're 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 living the life. I actually think this isn't one of the ones where the crit super matters. It's the just difference between the one to nine and the ten to nineteen. Because I feel like most of the time you're gonna hit one whiff spell. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, most of Maybe the time not. in these sorts of sets, I don't think you're casting a lot of a lot of counter spells. And I, I mean, I, speak for yourself, care if I, I also think counter spells. <laughs> I also think that instants and sorceries in particular uh, in these sorts of sets tend to draw a lot of cards and yeah, that's give you a lot of board presence. And they, they, they usually, the ones that you want to play really refund you for that's fair. for playing them in a multiplayer format. All right, all right, yeah. But yeah, Dyro on his back to break out your D20s. Oh god, there's going to be more cursed, not spin down D20s that are going to ruin my die bag, Karif. I don't know why they don't put just like D6 cards in here. Everybody has D6s. People use them to Where's my flip coins. D100 card. Yeah. Where's D1000? No, I want... Yeah, where was my D four twenty card? Let me let me roll an alphabet die, wizards. Where yeah. where's the alphabet die with the wild? And and let me crit on a wild. Can I can I roll the die for betrayal at House on the Hill? <laughs> okay. Anyways, <laughs> so the other returning mechanics are adventures, which you'll probably remember from uh, everybody's favorite set, Throne of Eldraine. That's true. Adventures do seem very good in a format where. Two for ones are very important because they are all inherently two for ones. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of nice utility, like like a lot of the flex cards that are like a little too narrow for me to main deck, but are useful in situations are on these adventures. So it lets you main deck these pretty niche, like somewhat niche abilities that will like like be really good when they go off, and it's like pretty epic. I'm a big fan. So, I think one of the poster children for great adventures in this set is Young Red Dragon. 
Uh, it's three and a red for a creature dragon, and the adventure is called Bathe in Gold. For one and a red, it's an instant, and it creates a treasure token. That's pretty powerful, and yeah. on its own, I, I mean, I'm I'm the world's <laughs> biggest fan of Strike It Rich. <laughs> That's true. But Strike It Rich doesn't actually give people board presence. Now, Young Red Dragon, when you cast it, is a flyer 3-2. It can't block, but that still seems like pretty good value, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, yeah, adventures are good value. Um, they'll just add a lot more, like, mana worth of cards to sink into your deck. Because a lot of these cards represent between, like, 8 and 12 mana worth of, like, sinkage you can do over the game. Which, being able to fully utilize all of your mana in a game of Commander is pretty impressive, like. The other thing it lets the designers do, which they have done a lot in this uh, set from what I'm looking at the adventures, is that it makes a lot of the expensive cards playable early. So that you're getting effects early in the game, wherein Commander people are usually ramping, right? But... It, it, it smooths out players' draws because you can cast something on turn two and then cast something later on turn five. Yeah. I mean, I think the moral of the story is either pretty epic. Uh, generally, they are better than, like... They, they tend to be stronger cards on average than, like, just a random card. I mean, it was even true in uh, Eldraine, too. Yeah, Runaway Together is also back. You can do some funny stuff with that. Uh, true. There's no funny mill deck, which is sad when are they gonna support mill in the multiplayer format <laughs> anyways there's uh, also next. yeah you can, oh. you can talk about the next one yeah yeah next up we got a uh, myriad so myriad is whenever a creature with myriad attacks um for each player you aren't attacking with this guy you make another copy of it that's swinging at them so basically when this creature swings it swings at everybody you can swing at instead of swinging at one and the cool thing about the mechanic is if there's, like, one person who can't do shit about the creature, you can just send it at them, and then the two token copies, there's no risk of anything, because they, they're just going in there. Even if the opponent has a clean block, like, mm, like that leaves them open to, like, getting combat. Like, they take the clean block, you get them with an epic combat trick, you know? I love Myriad. Myriad's great. Myriad's really cool. I do like it a lot. Uh, it's mostly in white and red in this set, which makes sense, because... If you're going to give the aggressive color something to do, it would be to actually be able to attack everybody. I haven't seen any token synergy specifically. You know, if they had reprinted Anointed Procession, then there would be something to do, but they didn't. Myriad gives you a lot of tokens to use, so if you have, like, any, like, aristocratic kind of stuff or anything like that, that's when a Myriad gets really strong, because if you had to sacrifice Myriad tokens for value... Or just have anything that cares about things entering or leaving. That's where you really start getting the value. Cards that I see in this set that like really pay off Myriad are like Flaming Fist Officer. is two and a white for a 2-2. Which whenever another creature you control leaves the battlefield, it gets a counter. So it's getting plus two, plus two every time you attack with a creature of Myriad. Oh! Um, which yeah. is pretty epic. Um, and then uh, Mold Folk stands out as one in a black for a 1-1 one, one lifelink. You can pay one and sack another creature artifact to put a plus one plus one counter on him, which is, yeah, pretty good too. So and There's also Skullport Merchant in black, but that's a little bit yeah. less valuable, specifically for like the red-white myriad decks, I guess, but still good. Well, like, yeah, but like the, the cool thing is, like, right, I feel like black's got some like good aristocraty stuff, so if you get your white myriad cards with your black aristocrat stuff, you're kind of going to town. 
So, All right. Yeah. And then uh, I think the last one, and you could correct us if we're wrong, but uh, the the last returning mechanic that I see is gates. They're, they're gates. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that is their defining characteristic. You are correct. Yeah, they're they're lands. They have a land type, and there's like four or five cards that pay them off. But the cards that pay them off really pay them off, like. Yeah, gates are like allies, but on lands. That's why people like them. <laughs> people just Straight like when you do, yeah, like when you amass a certain amount of cards and then get paid off for having a billion of them. That's true. Uh, beloved favorite of uh, Ravnica Allegiance, uh, Gate Colossus is back. He's still a homie, still very strong. Um, there's also um, there's Basilisk gate. gate, which says uh, you tap to add colorless. It's a colorless gate. Wowie. Uh, <laughs> two and tap it. Target creature gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of gates you control. You activate this as a sorcery. And then, yeah, if you live the dream, you get the nine fingers keen, and then uh, and then, then you do funny gate things and win the game or something. Yeah, win the gate. Win the gate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, mostly these are just fixing. But like... If you see some, like, Gate Colossuses or, like, the Basilisk Gates late that you can, like, pick up and, like, do gross things with, then you, you can't play off-colored Gates, um, because cause, uh, Commander Color Identity does matter, but, like, but you, there's a lot of Gates, so you could really get some Gate things going, early pick them, and picking fixing is good anyway, so, we'll yeah. specifically talk about the idea of what to do in a format where you can't splash, and specifically have to grab cards that are in the color that you need like a very specific card of to get the splash we'll talk about that later but it is something to keep in mind just as a general rule of thumb you can't play off color diamonds you can't play off color gates it, it's a little it, it does cause awkward abilities you also can't play off color bombs so like even if you like I mean, you probably should still hate pick really gross cards you open just on the back of you don't want the guy to your left playing them in your pod. Um, but, like, you're not going to be able to, like, splash, like, the like a thick Esper Bomb in your, like, blue-black deck. Um, and then we got Manu Mechanics, Tariff. Well, what's right. our first one? Okay. The much-talked-about and thought-about Take the Initiative... <laughs> Where the hell is the initiative? Um, I do not have it pulled up. Uh, me either, but I'm scrolling because I was an epic popper playable that I saw. Yeah, this guy. Wait. God damn it. Scry uh, Scryfall is great, but they haven't linked the initiative dungeon to the initiative cards yet, and I'm crying about <laughs> it. Um, so all right, all right, here's right. what happens when you play a card with Take the Initiative for the first time. And none of the cards have reminder text. Uh, so God forbid yeah. <laughs> somebody just opens these cards. And doesn't know what's going on first. They're gonna be like, what in the fuck does this mean? Yeah, uh, so when you get the initiative, you get the initiative. It's much like the Monarch token, where you get a weird kind of emblemy thing that stays around somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this time, though, it's called the initiative, and it says whenever you get the initiative... And at the beginning of your upkeep, you venture into the Undercity. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
And then the Undercity um, is like a seven-step dungeon that ends in something crazy. We'll go over those in a second. But uh, whenever somebody deals combat damage to the person with the initiative, they take the initiative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, funny D&D, it's really a forced D&D like, reference. Like, But I believe that for all intents and purposes, this just plays like the Monarch. Most of the time, I mean, LSV famously thought that venture into the dungeon, like most of the modes are worth draw or, or like our draw card, and that's only true for like one of them, right? That's true, but the dungeons in AFR like kind of sucked, and this dungeon is better than them. So, could you show me a picture of this dungeon so we can? Yeah, actually... yeah. I I I am sending care of the Undercity as we speak. There it is. The Undercity is here. Okay. It's only five mo five levels, right? But you get a lot of yep. options. If you want to rattle off the different options, you can. All right, all right. Drafters venture through the Undercity. Here we go. We start out in the secret entrance. We grab a land, put into our hand, a basic land, and then shuffle. So that card, definitely worth a card. Indisputable, it gets you a card. Yes. Forge puts two counters on target creature. This is one of two paths. Um, two counters on a creature probably worth a card it's a little lighter than a, like it's on the lighter side of a card but two counters is beefy stats alternatively we can go to the lost well which is scry 2 i think scry 2 varies from being slightly less than a card to slightly more than a card in the late game um so i think scry 2 worth a card um both options can go to the arena which is go target creature go target creature is not worth a card but it's a situationally useful ability, um, and both ones get access to it, so I kind of like it. It also lets you go from the Lost Well to the Arena and then go to one of the modes that I'll talk about in a moment. Very good mode, though. Um, alternatively, from the Forge, instead of goading a creature, you can make a player lose five life in the trap. Um, I wouldn't be activating this mode unless I have a player who's at five or less life, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, it'll be worth a card when it kills somebody, though. Um, and then the Lost Well gets access to the stash, which is create a treasure token. The strongest mode in the third floor. Um, however, it does come at a downside, which we'll talk about in a moment. The stash has to go to the Catacombs, which makes a 3-1 black skeleton creature token with Menace. It's a 4-1, by do the way. Oh, 4-1. Whatever, it's got one toughness. It does have menace, but like this thing is only offensive. And like if you're aggressive, it's pretty okay. But if your deck is thinking about being defensive, the skeleton token's not spectacular. It's worth a card, I think, but I don't love it. Um, and then alternatively, and the arena gets access to both of these, and the trap gets access to just this one. It's the archives, which draws you a card indisputably worth a card because it is drawing a card <laughs> and then it all ends at the throne of the dead three you have ventured five times so this means you have gotten the initiative five times or just held the initiative for five turns um and throne of the dead three lets you look at the top 10 cards of your deck you get a creature from among them into play with three plus one plus one counters on it and hexproof until the end of your next turn. End of your next turn. This thing's getting to rumble once. Like, it's getting in there once. <laughs> and then you shuffle your deck, because why wouldn't you? Um, definitely worth a card. If you're missing a creature in the top ten cards of your deck, what happened? Like, come on, man. <laughs> um, and, like, there's... 
some pretty beefy creatures in this set. And three counters, like, sizably ups the creature. This are, this mode is worth, like, two to three cards in my mind. So even if you're taking a little bit lower value path in, the Throne of the Dead 3 pays you off. Though if you don't make it to the Throne of the Dead 3, which could realistically happen in a game, you are not really getting the biggest payoff. But yeah, my preferred math through the Undercity is either basic land, counters, probably goad, then draw a card, <laughs> then Throne of the Dead 3, or potentially land, the scry, the treasure, the skeleton, and then Throne of the Dead 3. Um, but all of the modes are pretty useful. It sucks when you have to go into the arena um, and go to creature, because I think that's the weakest mode in the third floor, um, and you don't really want to have to go into the arena, but sometimes going a creature will be good. So. And that's my TED Talk on the Ender City. Thanks for listening. I, I would not disagree with basically anything on the analysis. My only thing is that, well, I learned last week slash two weeks ago, for those of you who know what the upload schedule was like, uh, <laughs> I, I learned that you can't steal the mode. You're not all venturing through the Undercity together, so if you enter the Undercity, you're starting at the entrance. So if you deal combat damage to the person with the initiative, you go through the entrance first, right? Yep. Uh... That, that makes it a little bit rough, because I, I, I'm thinking that even though some of these modes are okay, like, I, I, I think Secret Entrance Lost Well Arena Archives is probably what, like, I would want to be doing, just because Lost Well and Archives are worth skipping, basically. Skipping the third floor, that makes yeah, sense. Uh, because card advantage, I, I think, is at a premium in this format. And if That's you fair. can't, like, steal somebody's m m mode, you have to start from the beginning to, to get to those four, to, to, to those three modes, right? You can't, there, there's no way to up it. So if you're taking the initiative and really, really want to gun for Throne of the Dead 3, you want to be in a dedicated deck that has a lot of cards which care about the initiative, and allow you to venture into it when something enters the battlefield, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and I will say one positive on this compared to the Monarch is the fact that this does escalate to the Throne of the Dead 3 means that the game won't just go into this, like, weird mini-game of everyone's trading cards around. Like, someone's gonna activate Throne of the Dead 3 and slap a massive threat down, everyone's gonna be like, fuck, that's scary. Yeah, it does end games, and it does incentivize people to attack that person, right? Yeah. Uh, with the person with the initiative. But kind of just lazily going through the dungeons, you have to wait five turns to get that throne. You, you have yep. to either hit somebody for five turns, or sit around with it for five turns. And I don't think either of those are very realistic. Well, the thing is, somebody's going to have the initiative, Gareth. Yeah, but will you want to attack that person? The other thing with the monarchy in multiplayer formats, especially, is that if you take the initiative or the uh, or the monarch, right? Mm -hmm. People are incentivized to attack you, and you've spent the resource of your creatures being tapped, basically, in order to get that under uh, get that initiative. 
Mm-hmm. And so if it's easy to get it, right, like you have some sort of evasive threat or the person with the initiative is just left wide open or whatever, right, it's probably pretty easy to get it. But w- once you have it and people are looking at you, you probably have don't don't have that much defenses left to actually defend yourself from keeping the Ender City, right? Yeah, that's entirely fair. Um, the thing is, right, uh, I, I like this, and I, I'm actually, specifically for this format, and I haven't really considered taking the initiative in the context of Commander Legends 2 draft, which sounds ridiculous, I know, but like, uh, <laughs> you, you might hear me out. Um, I, I, I like the fact that the Throne of the Dead 3 is really going to put pressure on the game. Because the worst thing that can happen to a game of Commander is it stalls out. That is the single worst thing that can happen to a game of Commander. Yeah. Um, and thrown to the, like, the, the initiative, like, the Monarch helped games not stall out, but sometimes you just, everyone just draws lands and does nothing. Throne of the Dead 3 represents the game and, like, going somewhere. Even the 4-1 skeleton kind of makes the game go somewhere, you know? Damn, they're they're getting they're they're after you for that ticket, Gareth. Yeah, Better pay I, it off. I know. <laughs> but yeah, no. Long story short, I think take the initiative is gonna help keep games shorter. Uh, I think it's gonna be, and and it's gonna play pretty similar to the Monarch. But yeah, I, I don't know how how much I like this as a mechanic, but. It, it will get the game somewhere in games where somebody takes the initiative. Yeah, as usual, Karif is uh, down on the new mechanic, and I'm hopeful for it. We'll see you gets paid off. Sometimes I like mechanics drafted. That's early. true. You Sometimes. did like exotic pets, and you were right about exotic pets. So exotic pets isn't a mechanic, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Speaking of lifestyles, um, oh yeah. The next mechanic is uh, picking a background, and your background is your lifestyle care. So you see what I did there? Smooth transition. So, every single monocolored commander in this set has the ability choose a background. There's also one uh, zero colored card that has it, but that's a funny thing that we'll talk about in a second. Uh, choose a background means you can have a background as a second commander. What's a background, you might ask? Well, a background is a legendary enchantment with the subtype background that you can put in your command zone, assuming that you have one of those monocolored legendary creatures. These cards usually augment your commander in some way. For example, Candlekeep Sage, which is two and a blue, says, Commander creatures you own have when this creature enters or leaves the battlefield, draw a card. Uh, value. First of all, that card's pretty epic, not gonna lie. I love Candle Keep Stage. <laughs> Second of all, uh, these cards uh, are not as good as traditional partners because they specifically augment the commander creatures that you have rather than being commanders that like attack or have special abilities on their own. This helps it not feel like such a blowout when somebody just has like two partners, right? But it's still... It's still two cards in your command zone, so if you do want to play a single-color commander or multicolored, but you can only find single-colored commanders, these backgrounds will help you gain more color identity, and they will also uh, allow your commander to do something neat, 
Right. When they enter as an ability or something. Yeah, it's like a one-time investment to soup up your commander. They allow for flexibility in... They, they do the same thing partners do in the last set, but I, they don't, like, jam two creatures in the command zone, and that's pretty epic, honestly. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting that the two cards that are there aren't... Holy shit, I'm just looking at a Navi right now. Have you seen Grey Harbor Merfolk? Sorry, this is off topic. <laughs> Grey Harbor Merfolk? Yeah. Grey Harbor it's got those uh, it's got those avatar navi eyes <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, completely it, off topic it, it, it is, is this uh this av avatar 2 spoiler character avatar 2 the way of water yeah damn i, I didn't know that was what it's called that's pretty cool Anyways, hey, yeah, they, we yeah, were on the background yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'm just giving background on avatar 2 way of water care see um but yeah, I, I think these will be fun. Um, obviously, like, when your commander dies, you now, like, the, the, the things don't usually do something. But some of them are, like, cool and, uh, like, do things, like, just, like, when your commander dies or stuff like that, you know? The other thing is that since the backgrounds are all pretty inexpensive. So if you have an expensive commander, this allows you to cast something that, on, once again, on early turns, that'll just, like, sit there for a while. And then later, you can cast your commander... And then it'll do something. And so it's not it's nice to just have those kind of like smooth draws. It's basically giving your your commander an adventure. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Um I would caution against putting backgrounds in your main deck. It's a, probably a bad choice. Don't, don't probably don't do that unless you're <laughs> yeah. unless unless they're like hyper synergistic with your commander and you're for some reason not running them in your command zone with your commander. Mm -hmm. They're all legendary, by the way, so you can't have two criminal pasts. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> damn! I'm breaking my reality into the uh, game, SMH Tariff. So yeah, you want one of these, but you want one of these, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, and j just so that we note it, um, much like there was, uh, the, the fucking, ah, uh, shit, what's he called? <laughs> Prismatic Piper in Commander Legends, who just filled in for partners. We have the Faceless One in this set, who is a legendary enchantment creature background, <laughs> meaning he can fill in for either the creature that has to the background or as the background. Um, you really don't want to be doing this, though, because either A, well, I think it's better off if you have him filling in for a background, but if you have him filling in as a creature, you now have a card that augments a creature that's a 5-mana 3-3, three, three, which is incredibly sad. Yeah, 5-mana 3-3s three, just ain't what they used to be. They, they were never really that great, though. I don't know. I mean, that's true. Um, but yeah, he's got cool art, though, so... Yeah, and there is no multicolored commander with Choose a Background, and this is for the reason that I think they just want Choose a Background to be more of, like, you you're, you want a two-color deck, right? It allows you yep. a lot of freedom when, when it comes to building a deck, or, like, drafting specific colors, yep. so that everybody can have a two-color deck so that their draft decks work, but it it's not, like... The, the most impressive thing we've seen where a card can go into a command zone. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and there are three color commanders in this set. In fact, I believe there's one for every three color trio. So you can still play three color. You just have to open a rare to do it. So okay, yeah. Uh, okay, we're we're just gonna go over this real quick because I don't I don't <laughs> want to spend too much time on this next section. But uh, on Reddit, uh, they they sent out a form, a, a funny form, and you may remember this from uh, Kamigawa. And I also think Streets of Nukapenna, but they've started putting the draft archetypes in draft boxes, right? This helps uh, a lot of a lot of players, right? We're, we're not going to make fun of it for that reason, but sometimes they're just wrong. Hey, Gareth. What? Giant dragons are the aim. Ramp is the game. <laughs> and they're also sometimes trying to be very funny. And listen, I'm trying to be a copywriter as a day job uh, at some point, so I'm not going to rant like like hate these too much right but it's sometimes they'll say something very funny so we've got the kolb draft archetypes by the way that's commander legends baldur's gate uh we've got we've got blue white and i'll read blue white it's blink and it says send your creatures across the entire city exiling then returning them to the board to reuse their abilities whenever they enter the battlefield I think this holds up for the most part. I don't think there's a flipper with flicker wisp style effect, but blink is a card. Uh, no, sorry, it's blur, right? The band, like the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And blur is a pretty good card. Uh, I've always been a fan of that white one from uh, Kaladesh. I don't remember what it's called, but it does literally the same thing as blur. Exiles a creature, returns it to the battlefield, draw a card. And yeah. And, yeah, I, I believe that there's enough enter the battlefield. This is where you'll find stuff like taking the initiative and just a bunch of funny defensive creatures that get better when you when you blink them in or out. Yeah, there, there's some blinking going on. Um, yeah, and then uh, blue-black is the initiative, using a mix of roguish evasion and sturdy Ooh. defense take the initiative and delve deeper into the undercity dungeon than anyone has before <laughs> uh, you really got yeah. that yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah there are um, in fact uh, most of the payoffs for completing a dungeon are in blue black which is fitting because uh, you know uh, they're, they're trying to keep the initiative you know so yeah I think it's pretty accurate I don't know how well people will be able to keep the initiative, uh, but there are a, a large amount of evasive creatures in blue and black that are just, like, small and annoying. Like, Sturge, for example, just slaps people over and over again. And then in blue, you've got stuff like Mystery Key and, like, the Flyers that incentivize you to get get cards in as a uh, Vicious Battle Rager is also brutal to block because every creature that blocks it, they lose five life for each one. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, you really don't want to... And he, he takes the initiative when he comes into play. But yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what do we got next? Oh, we got... Oh! Oh, Drafter! Black Red is the Treasure and Sacrifice deck! Wow, so much uh, fun Again! Wow, I mean, it can't be as bad as it was in AFR. But. They, they must have learned that lesson. Deadly Dispute's still in the set. Anyways, all things, <laughs> including people, are just tools in Baldur's Gate. Sacrifice creatures and artifacts to further your plans and make some coin while you're at it. Ooh. Man, I've always wanted to make money while playing Magic. 
True. Yeah, I have not succeeded yet, but yeah, someday. Me either. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some aristocraty stuff going on in Red Black. Though I am, I am hyped for. Uh... Oh wait, yeah, they ignore the aristic. Wait, they they have sacrifice and aristocrat as separate archetypes, Gareth. That's pretty comedy. <laughs> it's true. No, it's sacrifice and treasure drafter. Oh, treasure. treasure! Yeah, oh, I uh, deadly about the treasure. dispute is back. It was a four dollar common. Glad to see it. Uh, your your favorite boy uh, hoarding ogres back. A lot of the stuff from AFR that was kind of just like good. Ogie. That was in this deck is back. Schoolport Merchant's back. Yeah, you're going to be able yeah. to kind of build that deck, but a little bit different, basically. Well, they got rid of Price of Loyalty, so the deck's dead, but you know. <laughs> Schoolport does this. Oh, no, wait, no, wait. You're talking about the steel effects. Yeah, the Act of Treason. The Act of Treason was a big part of that deck, but, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. Ah, uh, are you ready for some Dragon's Colon Power? Colon. <laughs> Using mighty dragonborn and even mightier dragons overwhelm your opponents with a draconic beatdown. Yep, there's dragons in green-red. This is the stompy deck of the format. This is probably pretty good because all the dragons have adventures. And so you're not not doing anything early game. But you can still pick up stuff like Marble Diamond and the 70,000 mana lists that are in this format for some reason. Really, some of the most uh, aggressive dragons of the format in red, like an O4 with Defender for four. <laughs> I'm not saying aggressive. I'm saying Stompy isn't like big. I, I guess this uh, is just uh, point, yeah. Uh, I'm just memeing because it's dragons colon power tariff, and this oh. dragon has literally no power. Estimating <laughs> my head. Oh my god. All right, oh. we got tokens next. Never travel alone in the city. Create an abundant force of creature tokens to easily outnumber your opponents. So there is that weird die rolling, like, uh, call the cavalry for three. Oh, yeah. In white. I don't remember what it's called. But there is that specific card. I think green green has exactly one card that makes tokens, so that's pretty epic. Have you checked? Are, are you sure? I'm like, I'm, I'm like 98. Four two seven six five percent sure. Um, I'm scrolling. I'm real. I'm looking hard. I'm digging deep. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot about Carefree Swine Master. There's two of them. Oh, yes, okay. Bramble Sovereign qualifies too. But this might um, be a trap. The, wizards might have <laughs> lied to your face. Yeah, yeah. Mm, Carefree Swine Master is a homie, um, and that so is, is uh, Underseller Mike Mykonid. Um, but there's literally two token cards in Greenwell now. <laughs> okay, there. Yeah, w Wizards uh, lied to you. Uh, just just yeah, get white cards. Yeah, they're good. Um, are you ready for black white aristocrats? Wow, they're cool care if they use the proverbial slang. Yeah. When are they gonna errata to errata blood artist to when a creature dies? Aristocrats. <laughs> Aristocrats. Yeah. Okay. Aristocrats. Yeah. Yeah. Read, well, read the flavor you know, text. <laughs> yeah, because because mill got shortened into mill Cariff. Just make it aristocrats. Um, <laughs> turn loss into profit as you benefit from your creatures and other permanents leaving the battlefield for any reason. So you see, this is worse than red black because you're not making coin while you're at it. 
That's true. Classic mistake, not making coin. Nah, this deck is real, I think. Uh, there's more tokens in white than in uh, black, but there's also more sacrifice in black than in white. So... I'm very excited for having myriad creatures and then killing off my myriad tokens for value. Yeah, sacking those bad boys to Skullport's gonna feel like a dream. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for it, so... Oh, baby. What's <laughs> next, Carib? Dragons, colon, spells. Using oh, baby. Using Draconic spells, keep your opponents in check as you build up mana to unleash large dragons that threaten the skies. Uh... This is another one that's basically just like, yeah, Teamer is dragons. Uh, I'm thinking that dragons might be great because they all are inherent. They're most of them are inherent two for ones. Yep, I, I do think dragon payoff is strong because most the dragons, a lot of the dragons have adventures, which is gross. Yeah, um, are there and... any specific spells payoffs though for like red blue or? Uh... Uh, well, well, they're drag. Well, well, you see, the dragons are the spells, Carif. That's the joke. I see. Yeah. Adventure. Good time, dragon. Yep. <laughs> no, I, I don't think there's actually spell payoff, Carif. You just uh, play dragons. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's no. That's a six mana spell. I thought. I thought Nira was like the <laughs> funny spell creature that you're uh, legendary creature that you're supposed to use, but it doesn't work like I thought it did, where you get to cast an adventure and get a dragon. It's not the way it works. No, 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 she's just funny. All, also, funny. it's just six mana, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we're Oh, baby! The most original mechanic of the, the one set, care if It's black-green graveyard. Wow. <laughs> Fill the graveyard with fallen creatures, only to reap advantage from the death you have sown. There's nothing with dredge in this. Uh, Classic mistake. Yeah, I I don't know about this one. There are some good cards that care about your graveyard, like that snake fella, Skullwinder. Yeah, Skullwinder's pretty cool. And uh, I mean, Split the Spoils is kind of the same way. Aranese gets lands from your graveyard to play, so that's cool, I guess. That's yeah. I that's know. not too bad. There's a bit of graveyard synergies. I don't think you oh. actively want to mill yourself, but like Circle of the Land Druid's a good card. It's been incredibly hard to to make this deck come together in any format, any format where self mill has been an option, right? Even in Modern Horizons, a... they couldn't do it, right? It, like, Golgari is famously not that great in Guilds of Ravnica, right? Yeah. And uh, Graveyard's bad in Modern Horizons, and if it's not good in Modern yeah. Horizons, I can't see it being that great here. Now, see, Karif, the, 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 the missing piece to the puzzle all along, and I'm going to find it, just give me a sec. I remember reading this card and making fun of it, and now I'm going to tell you it's the best card in the set for the meme. Uh, where'd it go? Oh, yeah, oh, no, no, wait, no, it's, uh, it's Campfire, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh! Campfire brings it all together, Karif, because you self-mill, <laughs> and then the Campfire uh shuffles your graveyard into your deck what does the campfire actually do okay exile campfire put all commanders you own from your command zone and from your graveyard into your hand and shuffle your graveyard into your library 
See, Karif, the campfire deck. Ooh, it exiles what... itself. You can't even freaking elixir of immortality with it. It's so horrible. But 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 you just draft two of them, Karif. Yeah, they they exile themselves as a cost drafter. Yeah, but but by the time you've activated the second campfire, the opponents have already decked Karif. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe if the campfire format is threats. absolutely miserable, campfire is playable. Yeah, and campfire strats. And look, you just gain two life every turn. One mana is not very important, you know? <laughs> okay, Myriad is next. Myriad's the red-white. <laughs> and we talked about Myriad, but Myriad specifically says, You excel at fighting many foes at once. Use creatures with Myriad to attack each of your opponents and stay on the offense. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It is very true. All right, last one. Uh, uh, uh it's dragons colon ramp. <laughs> Did you know that uh, giant dragons are the aim? Ramp is the game. Sonic's Bide the name. Your speeds time. my game. <laughs> bide, bide your time until you can cast some of the most ancient dragons the realms have to offer. <laughs> okay, so uh, just to be clear, you're not ramping in red green. You're only ramping in green-blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no ramping in red-green. That's illegal, Karif. You can only cast your ramp spells if you have uh, blue in your command zone. So, I think the importance of reading these things, first of all, the meme, right, is that wiz you can tell which ones Wizards has faith in and which ones they don't by seeing how shitty the, the like, text is for the thing. And second of all, it's still important to understand basically what cards or like what color pairs are trying to do i think there there's more representation in certain colors pairs than other color pairs but overall it's it'll 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 give you an overview but th this is for us that don't want to have a five-hour episode right uh who, who doesn't want a five-hour episode honestly care if some should, of our best content yeah we should read every single one of these from now on drafter as part of the that's a review. good point all right first up we got a uh, faceless one what what are we talking about now sorry we're starting the card you know the full set review oh <laughs> oh no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, how the set changes because you're drafting in multiplayer and also taking two cards to pick. The, the two-card picks are super interesting, right? It's it's something you've, we played with in Commander Legends 1, and you know, it's a, it definitely allows for some pretty interesting decisions, I feel like. So, I think I'm going to move up a point we were going to talk about here, but one of the things that I learned about Commander Legends is that if you can stay monocolored pack one, uh, not only have you sent a really epic signal, because those signals are pretty hard, because you're taking two cards a pack, you, you also get to decide your background and other color pairs later, which can be very useful in pack two. And also allow you to get uh, good cards for your first color on the wheel. That's been my experience, yeah. at least, yeah. Yeah, when, so the nice thing is, right, if you open, like, I don't think any of the backgrounds are, like, crazy. There's a couple of the backgrounds that might be crazy enough that you want to start on. But you can, like, start on a half of a d duo, like, try to primarily draft that one color, and then you're pretty flexible into the other one. 
Once um, again, if you get a three-color commander, you're kind of just living the life. That's those true. Those seem really good. And then you can pick a lot of gates. The other thing is that you can double, like, double up on fixing, which you can also take a fixing and a spell instead of having to decide between two of them. Yeah, I definitely remember a lot of packs where I would take like a strong commander and a uh, and a uh, like command tower in the first pack, and it'd be like, oh yeah, this is sweet. Oh, god forbid you get arcane signet, but we'll we'll talk about that now. How about so? Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of multiplayer Magic: The Gathering is what people like to call battle cruiser magic, which is just dropping your bombs down late game. The thing that you want to be doing in early turns, even if you're trying to put on aggression, is make sure that not only you take fixing, you also take ramp, right? So Arcane Signets in this set, Command Towers in this set, both of them are really good. Uh, Command Tower fix it is fixes for any color and it enters untapped. It's super big. Uh, Pro Prism... I, so Prophetic Prism is back, and for those of y'all that may remember Kaladesh... One of the best things you could do with Prophetic Prism was Splash insanely. You could play all of these dumb off-color cards and strong splashes and whatever, and you can't do that in the set. Remember that Commander Color Identity is a thing and that you cannot, under any circumstances, go outside of that. I don't know about uh, Pro Prism, but Drafter swears that it's still good in this I, format. I love Pro Prism. Um, I mean... I think it's a little weaker than like Arcane Signet and Command Tower, but right under that echelon of like those, the thing about Pro Prism, right, especially early, like once you know what colors you're in, I think it goes down a touch, but taking them early, like in pack one, it always goes in your deck. If you're in a three color deck, it's even better. And like, y you get the card back too. It's fixing that doesn't cost you a card. Yeah, I really, really like Pro Prism. It is pretty close to cycling, and since y'all will be playing, is it 60 cards, or did we figure out if it was or not? Yeah, it, it, uh, it's four. It, uh, I don't, we, <laughs> we still haven't uh, figured it out. I remember, okay, so uh, big behind-the-scenes moment. Today is a different day, and uh, we were supposed to look this up yesterday. We still don't know. Oh, uh, I'm pretty... Oh, God damn it. Um, it there's no way we can... Uh, uh, I don't know. Talk about other things. I figured out. Care. Well, I mean, the last thing I wrote down was Wayfarer's Bobble, but I also wrote down Drafter will make a joke about Mitch and we shall move on. So this kind of like hinges on you making the joke. Okay, it is a sixty-card draft deck, which makes sense because it's a twenty-card pack. I presume it's still twenty-card packs. In yeah. This set. Um, with the double picks, but yeah. Uh... Yeah, yeah, Wayfarer's Bauble is, is a good card. Don't let the uh, bad, the, 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 the dubious character supporting it uh, take away from its goodness, you know? Yeah, it puts it on the battlefield. It is very much colorless rampant growth. It's very good. Uh, Pro Prism does go up in my evaluation since the cards, or since the decks are 60 cards, because if it just cycles, that's fine, and it's something you want to be doing early, and it's... It, it, it's good to just be able to churn through your deck for the important cards in it. Were, were, were you worried about decking? Mm -mm. No, I was worried about just, like, having air in your deck, right? But if you're okay in, in a 60-card format, having, or not, not having that air, 
sometimes you just need to dig deeper and and more often in 40 cards deck can you take off this this turn to kind of dig for something more relevant I, I don't know yeah um also just just a note on the tricolor commanders because i think this is something that i noticed in the first set and on a quick glance it seems to be pretty true in this set as well they tend to be hyper specific so if you get one early you can really build around them um they tend to have like they, they tend to be very dug in on like like a like niche mechanic um and some of them are like generically good like most of the gods that are the tricolor cards in this set are just like pretty generically good but like some of them are like very like there's the adventures guy there's like the activated ability lady um they tend to be pretty big build arounds yeah and no. that that also being said you will always have access to your little like enchantment emblem commander creature so don't be afraid to build around those because yeah. even if you don't have uh, as much consistency as you want in your deck you will always have consistency of having your commander as long as it's relatively cheaply priced yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, and, and, you know, that's the thing, right? That's why you take all of this fixing and ramp early to help support, like, your commander and all of that good stuff and all of your, like, sweet synergy, you know? Yeah, and on the note of that, you want to keep an eye out for loops and combos. Now, if Drafter and I had been smart, we would have actually read the cards and figured out some of the <laughs> simpler loops that you could do. But commander... Even with these lower powered decks, is a lot about getting more than two for ones, like three for ones, four for ones, anything you can do to level the playing field for yourself, right? Uh, everything that can put you far ahead enough so that you're outpacing your opponents who are drawing three cards to your one, anything that you can do to support that is good. Yeah. Because what will happen sometimes is the deck that wins the day ends up being the one that, when the game stalls out and everyone's top decking, has, uh, like, sick mana think. Like, um, in Commander Legend 1, I remember Arami of the Dead Tide was a really big, like, uh, was a really strong commander because it basically lets you give all your creatures in your graveyard encore over time. But, but yet all that extra value and just like slow mana sinky stuff eventually pays off you know and having access to at least a couple cards that give you that inevitability is really nice so how many arcane encyclopedias do you want to play before they get bad uh I, probably <laughs> look I, i'd honestly run an arcane encyclopedia in the deck Gareth. probably like um yeah. i i don't think i want a lot of these effects but one or two can really like make the difference okay uh, so the two things that go down in evaluation when you're talking about commander and multiplayer draft formats are targeted removal and tricks, right? Mm. The reason that targeted removal goes even further down than it has in recent sets is because you're essentially one for wanting, but with only one person. So there's usually about three non-land permanents entering the battlefield that aren't yours in a four-player game each turn, right? So, targeted removal, when you're spending that card, is not trading for an entire turn's worth, and the tempo 
uh, loss that you get from doing that can be real, right? That being yeah. said, Commander Legends and Baldur's Gate as well, I think, are known for some horrendous bombs that you will need to take down, right? So some of the higher uh, level ones, like anything that exiles, uh, tend to be better than just, like, Lightning Bolt. I think Lightning Bolt's unplayable in the format as it stands, but... Uh, I wouldn't go as far as say unplayable, but I do think I really only want, like, one of them in my deck, and I think you basically hold it until somebody does something to you specifically that causes you to, like, all right, I gotta smack. Like, they come at you, they're, like, trying to, like... It's nice to have, especially instant... Instant speed interaction is significantly better than sorcery speed interact having to like sorcery speed removal something is terrible in this having the option to do it as a reactionary thing is good yeah this is also why board wipes and that dice rolling anger the gods are pretty good because you can put yourself back to square one knowing that you have more cards and knowing that you traded one card for like 15 cards right yeah or, or, or something like no, that. No, it... Yeah. Yeah, no, that is absolutely true. They passed me slash the ranks. This is why I'm saying this. In, in my Commander God. Legends draft. I got... Okay, let me brag. I got slash the ranks and promise of tomorrow in my pool. So, <laughs> uh, I, I had to do some finagling, but I did eventually get off the... Oh man, I slash the ranks, everything. I Everything dies and I get back all my creatures sort of thing, right? That's, that's a combo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Alright, Kira, can we cut for a sec? I've got to sure, get something sure. real. Alright, uh, second thing that we're going to talk about. Second thing? Like, 70th thing. <laughs> uh, why are there 50,000 mana lists in this format? It is truly remarkable how, manage, man, how many they manage to get in. Um, There's, like, those dragon ones. There's just regular mana lists that, like, tap for three and do an auxiliary thing like network terminal from kamigawa there's a lot yeah it's like i you're gonna have to put something a lot better than like no maximum hand size or like weird scry onto your mana list before i'm gonna play it i don't even like playing chromatic lantern like <laughs> chromatic lantern can be good but it's less good in these formats right where you're forced to be one to two colors to maybe three if you're lucky yeah so i'd say pretty heavily stay away from these mana lifts and, and maybe if you have like a really high quantity of dragons and get really get paid off by the dragon ones but so the Lapis Orb of Dragonkind, Dragonkind, the two and a blue one, it says tap add blue when you spend this mana to cast a dragon creature spell, scry two. That, that one seems okay. There yeah. seems to be a couple of them that are not horrible. Is there a black one? So yeah, if you're, if you're no, because they're only in the, the dragons decks. So if you're oh. dragon colon ramping, the, uh, the, the, the Lapis Orb of Dragonkind is pretty good. Okay, yeah, the Carnelian Orb of Dragonkind doesn't seem too good. It, it can get people. There is value to haste, but it's not, like, I mean, the best thing ever. If 
I've got one of the ancient dragons in my deck. I think that puts Carnelian up in my book because giving those cards haste is so insane. Oh, Jade Orb of Dragonkind's actually kind of sick. Never mind. Uh, it's add green, but it gets uh, plus one, plus one counter and hexproof. Yeah. Until your next turn. That's kind of hot. Uh, yeah. No, I do think the orb of dra the orbs of dragon kind are pretty good if you have like a goodly number of dragons you're ramping into. Sure, just make sure that you have dragons to cast with them because they're pretty underwhelming, especially since they only tap for like the color that they are in just like decks that are that color, right? And don't have dragons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, if your commander is a dragon, play them. Oh, you're right. Are there any dragon commanders? I guess oh, yeah. Stanos Dragonheart. Basically, yeah. basically, every single one of the uncommons in, uncommon legendaries in blue, red, and green are dragons. There's a bunch of background dragon commanders, and then obviously there's the actual teamer dragon commander. But there's a, there's a good number of dragon commanders. Okay, uh, you have the Dusk Dawn seal of approval on these weird, shitty dragon manoliths. So but, go out but there on the condition them. you're actually playing dragons <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> mana is good but it does eventually have diminishing returns like eventually uh yeah if you spent a card to play them you're still down the card that you spent to play them so it better it, it better have long-term effects right and it needs to be more like than just weird scry <laughs> oh drafter your favorite cards in this set too burnished heart that's a ramp card yeah, six mana rampant gross Cariff. Now that's value. That's not a rampant gross. It's a it's explosive vegetation. Sorry, yeah. explosive vegetations. Yeah, yeah, it's very good <laughs> Cariff. Play play eight burnished hearts in your deck. It'll get you big value. Okay, and so those are the backbones of the decks. Uh, you kind of take the fixing, and then you take the loops and the combos. Then you kind of fill out your deck with a bunch of synergy pieces slash just like draft stuff. And after that, you're going to be playing probably one to two games. Uh, the way I've experienced uh, Commander Legends at my LGS when I played it the one time was that we had time for one game. And then it was like 11. <laughs> and so uh, it's going to be kind of hard to prize out. But the there are some things you can do to spin the ch tides of gameplay in your favor even though there's three other people and it's pretty much all about being wary and conservative when it comes to spending your resources and trying to make other people spend theirs yeah i mean i know like one of the biggest is, like the weird thing about this is right is if you're a primarily limited player you're probably used to just doing the best thing you can do every turn and sometimes it's just not right to do the strongest play you can do every turn in Commander. Yeah, even stuff like taking the initiative, right? It, it puts you in a weird space where th there is an elongated period of time and collective memory of the thing that you did that will last for more turns that is like a heuristic in 1v1 limited but a real mind like game that exists in free for all commander right yeah 
I, I, one of like the most striking examples to me of where things go wrong in like a commander limited sit format for a player is I had a deck where I came out swinging. I was putting like good pressure on the board. I was even gaining life because I had like lifelink creatures. But I had a pretty commanding board presence. So it was a three-player game. The other two players like pretty heavily turned on me. So I was basically playing a two v one for a good portion of the game. And then the guy who actually had like a high value commander that just got off to a slow start eventually took over the game because they were both killing both of my while my stuff and then i was left with like nothing because they both teamed up on me and then the guy with the high value commander won out because his commander was high value now sometimes people's decks are just good enough where they can somehow 2v1 uh, it's true doesn't <laughs> happen very often but it's taking rare. down that person is often probably going to get you on the side of the rest of the table but there's a lot of just remember when you hit me for three with that thing a billion turns ago i'm going to do this because you did that right and this is more important because whenever you declare an attack assuming you don't have myriad right you are declaring an attack on somebody because they did something right yeah. or you have a reason to, to 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 do it and that begets more reasons and more reasons uh one of the things to remember about commander legends is that politics are very very real because in lower powered formats like commander legends the card advantage won't be enough right you're gonna have to oh, yeah. band with some people to essentially overtake somebody that 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 is a head on board right oh yeah to make sure that you don't put yourself in such a horrific position afterwards that you can't recover after you've destroyed this other person it's true i will say one thing i do like about this format and what will potentially help keep games going is i feel like there's a good number of cards that goad things in this format and goading for those not familiar did we actually mention that in our mechanics section Kara? if i don't i don't i don't think we did no um but what goad does is it forces when you goad a creature it has to attack but it can't attack the player who goaded it um so as the goadie you get to say <laughs> this creature has to start like putting pressure on the game but not at me <laughs> and that is and pretty good great yeah, yeah. <laughs> You do have to eventually kill everybody at the table. I don't know mm -hmm. what that looks like because I've only played like one to two games of Commander Legends, but usually that ends in a 1v1, right? And the person with either more resources or the bigger bomb wins. It's true. Um, but that's the other trick, right? Is if you can get... It's all about extending but not overextending like yeah you can put put enough out that you don't get rolled over but not too much out that you become the threat the other thing you can do is well th there's multiple roles to play right but you can play the person that oh i'm not doing anything and then you just literally shit out your entire hand like turn 70 or whatever right don't mind me, I'm just a wandering traveler. It's it's like that donkey video where he explains Slay the Spire. Sure. <laughs> I 
I mean, yeah. I mean, commander politics are something you kind of have to, you know, experience for yourself and get into the joy of uh, convincing your buddy that he shouldn't attack you, even though you definitely should attack you. God, Among Us? In tr- true, commander is <laughs> the original Among Us. You heard it here first. Oh, man. I'm already making this format sound better and better every every time I say a new thing about it. Uh, yeah, this is why usually these sets are only drafted like twice or to, to, to three times. Is because games take long and politics can be fun. But honestly, like you think you know the people at your LGS, but you don't know what's going <laughs> to happen in these weirdo political games, right? Commander Legends is very Mario Party uh, sort of <laughs> bullshit that you can't stop sort of things. I like all of these edges, right? Can can push can push you towards winning, but you still have to overcome three people, right? So, do you play your commander like you play Mario Party, Kara? Just always going for chance time. Oh, if I could play Warp World in every commander deck I ever <laughs> drafted, I would. <laughs> Warp World is the original chance time. That's true, man. I, I do love a good Warp World. So, let's say that you're in, like, pack one, pick one, and you draft Mr. Red White, where everything has Myriad, right? That's true. And he's you're good. gonna, yeah, he's Duke Older Raven Guard. And you say to yourself, okay, I want to draft Red White, and I'm heavily incentivized to do so, right? What do you want to do to make sure that you can stay ahead? Because red-white does seem to be the more aggressive color, even though it still has big six drops that you can ramp into. What can you do to make sure that people don't fucking hate you and hate you out of the game? It's true. Um... I will say, I think the dream for Red White is that people realize what's going on, but it it's it's already too late. Like, you're applying big pressure, and then you're goading their stuff, and they have to get into the red zone even though they don't want to. And I feel like making sure that you're, like, um, you know, chipping everyone down. And I would say, especially if you're playing one of these aggressive decks... Don't feel bad about killing someone if you get the chance. Taking a player out of the game is huge value because that's one less guy who can fuck you up. So don't don't listen to the pleas of I haven't even gone to do anything yet. Um, <laughs> don't <laughs> yet. <kill him>. Yet <laughs> is the important word of that <laughs> sentence. Right, yeah, and that's why people are like that. Like, oh, I didn't even get to do my sweet seven mana combo with my dragon and my background and it's like yeah because if you did that you were gonna win the game (laughs) (laughs) oh man and and here comes the true hatred for commander the drafter and i have is when we (laughs) when we have to talk about the game afterwards Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, look, man, you know, I have games where my deck doesn't do anything either. It's like, ah, oh, shit, you know, sucks, man. But I don't hear me bitching about it after the It, fact, it does you know? suck a little bit more, in specifically Commander Legends, because you, you did draft the thing, right? I will I will admit I respect, like, someone being like, oh, man, I never drew my ancient whatever dragon. I'm like, oh, that sucks, man. Yeah, it's too bad you didn't get to play your ancient whatever dragon. Because, yeah, you're probably not going to play it again unless you build a actual commander deck around it right like 
but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's still there's still good ending games. The other thing that you could do in aggressive decks is find repeatable sources of damage. I was playing an equipment deck in my Commander Legends draft, and that ended up being really good, mostly because you could continually apply pressure, and a lot of the power that sits on the board isn't removed by traditional removal spells. And so yeah. looking for things like, well, bat, Blade of Selves, but even just like dumb Cloak of the Bat or... Like, uh, on a quick glance, I just noticed there's a cool uncommon Phoenix that for three mana you can bring it back from your graveyard to the battlefield attacking as long as you've attacked two players. Um, that, that's pretty sick, like... <laughs> yeah, Swift Foot Boots pretty good still... Oh, yeah, yeah. Swift Foot Boots, awesome. Things that can augment your creatures are very good in aggressive decks because that means that not all of the value that, that you're getting out of those cards is lost when somebody removes the creature. The other thing you can do in those decks is play a lot of, like, low drops so that everybody that tries to hurt you just, like, has to go really down on mana advantage to <laughs> to, to hurt your shit, right? Yeah. No, but, uh, honestly, and, you know, I think the most important thing here in, in this format is this, that, you know, you go into it, like, not expecting, like, it to be, like, like, uh, you gotta expect some bullshit, some, some banter, and you gotta be ready to have a conversation with people, and, you know, and, yeah, if you're just looking to play 1v1 Magic. If you haven't played Commander before, which, God for I don't know who's listening to this, you haven't played Commander before. But if you haven't, um, <laughs> uh, um, give this a shot, you know? You'll find out very quickly whether or not you like it. I am excited for it, but I'm sad that we don't have a real competitive, fun, like, set to do in the meantime, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the rough thing, right, is that... I mean, Double Masters 2 should be fun. It's gonna cost an arm, a leg, a foot, and a kidney, but, you know. Oh, God. Yeah, and I don't want to pay, like, 45 for every single draft, but... Yeah, and, uh... uh <laughs> not to bring out Streets of New Capenna, but that format's pretty figured out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I am excited to delve deep into this format, and I want to talk about it more as the weeks go on, because yeah. there's probably a bit of strategy to be had and to orient yourself around. <laughs> it might end up being something that people, just as a whole, end up talking about, even though it's not on Arena, just just because it's, yeah. like, the only thing that's new. Yep. No, I'll definitely... I, I'm not sure when my... 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 not LGS... The, my... my friendly guy I know's basement will get boxes of uh <laughs> Commander <laughs> battle for Baldur's Gate, but I'll probably be drafting it in the next couple weeks, I imagine. The other thing you can do is buy and or proxy a commander cube wink wink nudge nudge. Well <laughs> uh I mean yeah I, I, my commander cube is almost done. I am just trying to I I'm 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 fine figuring out the minutiae, trying to figure save save pennies where I can, you know. Alright, this has basically already been the outro, but quickly tell everybody how epic you're doing on Arena. Oh yeah yeah. Arena's doing pretty good. Uh so 
I am qual I, I am cleanly in the top 250. I think last time I checked, I was chilling in the high 70s in Mythic. Um, you know what that means. Oh. Well, what's that? You know, you might look now, and it might be down to, like, a high 60s. Perhaps even the number right below 70. Uh, uh, I, 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 did, I did take a funny screenshot, because I got up to, like, 60-somethings, and the next day I kept, like, logging on intermittently to check if I got the funny number. And then I screenshotted the funny number when I got to it. It was peak comedy. If you upload um, that to, like, Imager, I could put it in the sh uh, show notes. <laughs> Oh, but then they'll know my arena tag, and then, then, then they'll be... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's so secretive. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll put the picture up, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you guys can, uh, can uh, spam hello at me if you uh, match into me on arena. <laughs> there we go. Oh. And uh, you specifically got Mythic, but you also played in two events, am I correct? Yeah, I did, uh, since I hadn't been playing much Arena the previous months, I tried to, I did, like, the hard qualification for the, the, the I did the play-in preliminary, and I did get the play-in preliminary run to do the play-in preliminary, what would be last Saturday when we were recording this, um, however, I did horrifically in that, um, man, <laughs> I... And I already cold care if I was going to complain about this, but it, it irks me to no end that sealed is the format that all these high-stakes things are. Like, you only get to play draft if you suffer through, like, multiple sealed gauntlets at the first. And it's like, sometimes you just open a sealed pool, and your fixing's in one color, your good cards are in another, and you're just like, well, shit, um, I either need to play a bad deck or a deck with no fixing, and either way, it's going to suck. <laughs> I think this is also the fault of SNC being the first competitive format back, right? If it had been Dominary United, or even like Kamigawa, right? I think we'd have fonder experiences with Sealed. But this Sealed is not particularly exciting. My uh, my qualifier is now getting me entrance, because next month's uh, play-in is going to be Explorer, so... I can talk a little bit about my Explorer journey in the next couple of weeks' outros. Um, I do hate playing Constructed, but I like playing in cool tournaments more, so. Yeah, I'm on Ledger Shredder, by the way, in Explorer. And oh, yeah, and, um, yeah. I got one of the dumb tokens that doesn't even get you into the event. You need 20 of them to get into the event. <laughs> but I did get one of them, and that was pretty fun. I, I like the deck enough. It, it, it struggles against Control. It struggles yep. against a lot of things. Uh, it struggles against Grease Fang in uh, Best of One. Sometimes you can outrace Grease Fang, which is crazy, but it's kind of few and far between. Uh, overall, the, the format does seem pretty fun, though, and people are yeah. doing some very basic, but also very interactive things in the format. Yeah, my deck uh, I've been working on polishing up, getting good at is Mono Blue Spirits. Um, it's the perfect deck for me. It's how I enjoy playing Magic, a pressuring the opponent, but I still get to cast counter spells. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. What was the last thing that I was saying? Okay, let me let me say one thing before we end. All uh, right. So for like a month straight, right? I have been telling Drafter I don't like inspiring Overseer's design, right? And because it's just, like, pushed from the dwarf from Kaldheim 
to the inspiring <laughs> overseer, right? Yeah, because yeah, it's just they, they just slapped flying on the door from Kaldheim. And so yeah, he's yeah. like, I, oh, I, I haven't played Kaldheim in a while. I guess I have to go check it. And he looks and he's like, oh, I don't see anything here. Maybe I need to look harder. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I think to myself, okay, huh, that's kind of weird. Because I remember this dwarf being here in Kaldheim. Turns out I was thinking a priest of ancient lore is from AFR. So this entire, like, month-long journey of me bitching about Inspiring Overseer being the most, like, basic card. Yeah, it's been about this dwarf from Kaldheim. It's actually from Adventures of Forgotten Realms. I just didn't fucking remember. (laughs) And we did check it out, by the way. And that dwarf was broken in AFR, like... Well, um, I it mean, wasn't like it, yeah. as insane as inspiring over here. And obviously, that format had red, red, black issues. But like outside of red, black, it was like one of the best commons. Like, yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Maybe they just thought since oh man, this this dwarf is fine. Wow, we can st- slap flying on it, and it'll be still fine, even better. Ew, we need to make it, it wasn't better. Fine. Yeah, it turns out uh. that this thing is horrific, and it, it's been horrific. I mean, Cloud Concealer's been ass. In the past, right? Like, what what makes this different? With a great card, it's been good, right? I'm not saying ass in terms of like actually ass. I'm saying ass in terms of it being worse than inspiring overseer. Uh, I'm I'm putting together a scryfall search. It's gonna find all of the cards that are like this. Let let me see. So uh, this is too many cards. I need to yeah make this search smaller. How do I make the search smaller? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out other cards that are on like a similar, like Audacious Thief. That's a little bit weaker form of this mechanic, but pretty good. Mm. Yeah, that card needs to get in, and sometimes it doesn't. Well, yeah, that's why that card was weaker because it doesn't guarantee you the value. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Cloud Concealer is the card we keep talking about. That card was great in that set. Admittedly, the um, the enchant the or the elemental tag mattered in that set, and it was pretty good. Um, yeah, stray. Dender stray was mediocre. Um, because mm-hmm. that that's three mana, one two draw a card. But if memory serves, green wasn't like great in that set. Was that guilds of Ravnica? Yeah, because it uh, was in the because yeah. you could play it in the funny convoke deck and get the big siege worm out. Oh yeah, siege worm <laughs> being good in twenty whatever this was. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. The big siege worm and like morbid opportunist. I would argue, I would actually argue morbid opportunist is a worse card than inspiring overseer, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't get it. Right, it it, it doesn't have synergy like cloud Concealer does with like yep. elementals right it's already pretty good but you know the elementals thing is what pushes it over the top what pushes inspiring overseer over the top is itself right Yep. i i don't know why they did that but i mean rogue refiner was a famously like very good card i didn't um, gain that life. was multicolored yeah it, it gave you energy multicolored. that's better than life care <laughs> i guess <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, Inspiring Overseer, way too push. And it, 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 I think if Inspiring Overseer was in red, I think it would be okay. Crazy. Because the thing is, right, if Jewel Thief was not in green, I think it would be, like, it would be the problem child of the set. 
Time um, for me to build that now. To to make that no, red card. What? Yeah, it's red inspiring over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it Carif had the custom commander cube. If we haven't mentioned this before, that we put a bunch of dumb in jokes every time we're like bullshitting and making jokes. God, now we're this outro is dragging on forever. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. If you're still listening <laughs> at this point, you know they just want to hear about your commander cube. Um. So. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do an entire episode about this thing because it's a mess, but it's it's really funny. Uh, <laughs> we might have to try to do a video companion for that one, Kerif, where the sh cards like actually show up on screen, because just listening to us talk about custom I, cards is probably tough. I might be able to upload it to Cube Cobra, depending on how they handle uh, custom cards, but yeah, this is this is all well, that's bullshit. Not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah this is all bullshit. that's like th three to four weeks from now because that's when this set's gonna be like over, and we're gonna have to figure out stuff to talk about between Double Masters and this. So what, yeah, what, what what one last note on the inspiring overseer front? Did you know there was a two and a green two two in Amon Ket that when you exerted it, you could uh, draw a card? I do remember that. Uncommon. That card was, that card was, was so much fucking worse. playable. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That card's awful. They're like they've they've gotten it. They they they've not overshot the spot before, but I know, man. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, I am Joshua. Uh, also known as Carif underscore wins on the internet. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Carif underscore wins. I don't play as much magic, but I do like a draft every week or something. But since we're going for full names, I am Alexander, also known <laughs> as draft or demon on the internet. Um, and you can find me at twitch.tv. Twitch, is it twitch.tv? Yeah, it's twitch.tv. Yeah, yeah, twitch.tv slash draft or demon. Uh, I haven't streamed in a hot second, but if you pester me, maybe I will. I will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully you gained something out of this fucking mess. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, you should be a little little better equipped to command a legend, and uh, yeah, you know. Uh, we'll be talking about our first impressions next week, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it should be fun, so. Yeah. Alright, I think that's it. Uh, we can end this. Uh, put a yep. put a pin in it, as I said like seven times last episode. Alright. Yep. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. Bye.